again as we've been uh, exploring um, mission and the idea of being called by God uh, with Roger, our New Zealand leader. Last week, Roger really shared his journey from a young 17-year-old lad sitting in the back of the church uh, to being um, passionately sold out for world mission and jumping into uh, following Jesus into India and Japan and uh, other places like Sri Lanka. And some of the lessons that was being poured in, the, the, the threads of God that um, was being established in Roger's life that led him then to do what he's doing today. And today, we're going to jump into the place of uh, God calling Roger back into the West. And while the mission field is vast and uh, expansive, how does God want to do this in a Western context, and specifically the mission field of New Zealand? Like all of us, you know, as we, we follow Jesus, um, there's a whole bunch of strands that we can't necessarily put together until we come to a season of convergence where everything that we learn from the past, we go, oh, Lord, that's what you're training me for now. But then he pours in also new things, and that really helps us to go into a, a place of convergence and focus. And with that is, a, is again, um, with convergence means that we eliminate some things that we are not called to because we're very focused on what he has uh, poured us into. And, yeah, um, bring us into that journey now of, of how you're finding this, um, uh, focusing on movement, focusing on prayer, building team, uh, finding people of peace, multiplying workers uh, for the harvest. That is New Zealand. Um, what's New Zealand like and um, and what are some of the challenges and things you're facing there, Roger? Mm. Yeah, well, I can, I can freely admit. Um, so coming back from Tribe Times, this is 2018, probably uh, July. And if you had a said in um, November 2022, we would be where we are at now. I'd probably be, on paper, a little bit disappointed. But actually, it's the opposite. So it's been a lot harder. It's been a lot more challenging. But at the same time, I, I'm so encouraged by God's faithfulness um, that those pieces of the puzzle have come together. And the context of the West and, and New Zealand it's it's just tough, and uh, you know by nature um, I'm an optimist. I'm, I'm potentially at times a little bit too um, optimistic, uh, and and yet I still have absolute surety that we are going to see a breakthrough. We're going to see a breakthrough in New Zealand and in Aotearoa, and as the Maori uh, language name, uh, we, we're going to see it here. And what's it like? Um, yeah, for, for I guess for anyone in the West, you're, you're facing those same challenges of of the complexity of modern, even even across the board. I think it's just urban. You know, you, you look at some of those great international cities; uh, they all face the same thing now, with with so many diversity of cultures. Um, you know, our little university, and you know, by world standards, I think. It's probably maybe ten or twelve thousand students. That's eight hundred meters up the road from where I am. 
uh, you know, I, last I, I looked at the stats, there was 110 different nationalities in our university. So, you know, you take that across the city, you take that across the nation, um, you know, the, the, the movement uh, breakthroughs, in the, which I, I so appreciate, you know, having uh, around the world so many um, models and lessons of, of where movements have happened. But, you know, as, as we know, they have been largely uh, in the in places more rural. They've been largely more, you know, in homogenous situations where you're dealing with, of course, com- lots of complexities, but largely speaking, more of a homogenous, you know, group of people culture. But in our cities, it's it's so tough. Just the other day, I was I was meeting with somebody in in a cafe, and, and as I was sitting there, the uh, one of my uh, friends, a Somali man, wonderful man, he's he's living in a in a motel because we've got a housing shortage, and and so one of the social housing um, absolutely bottom bottom of the the rung. Um, he sleeps literally across the floor. Because there's there's so many crowded into his little um, motel unit with all his children, and I and I I visited uh, just before Christmas last year actually, and I was thinking, wow, how's this going to be? All these children in this one unit, and you know, if it was my family, it would probably be chaos and a mess. But I was dropping something off, and so I dropped in. My goodness, the place was immaculate, all in order. But this um, gentleman was just um, he is just in such a tough place. And um, both both in that social con- construct, but his children, there's a lot of drugs problems, a lot of um, gang problems in these um, social um, emergency housing um, places. And, and so, you know, he's just one example of, of the complexity of how do we see this Somali community? Um, how do we see the kingdom come? How do we see disciples that multiply? And, you know, then you go into our... Uh, you know, white, middle class, um, successful culture. And then you look at all the other layers and, and then within that, you know, like this wonderful neighbour that's um, a, young, a young guy in his 20s, uh, young professionals finding their way. Uh, how do we see the gospel come? What's that wineskin look like that's going to work for them? And, yeah, so that, that I think is one of the greatest challenges in and, you know, we know New Zealand, we, we look at the stats and we're kind of horrified. With, uh, when I came back, I started to, you know, go through and, and look at all the, the um, census data from, from way back. And no matter how I looked at it, it was, it was grim. It was going down. You know, we, I, all the um, church denominations that I've been involved in or grew up in, as I looked at them, you know, wonderful heritage. But when you looked at the census, they were all heading downward direction. And these were, you know, denominations that, that honour God, honour his word, honour the spirit, but, um, yeah, still got that same problem. So, yeah, that, that was really daunting to, to look at the facts and go, okay, we can't keep going the same way that we're going. Um, I, I looked at overall, I, I very loosely clustered together, you know, whatever you would call um, evangelical, charismatic, Pentecostal, um, I, I quickly clustered them together. And, and in 2002 census, there was about 300 and, sorry, I can't remember the exact amount, 300 and something thousand of, of these that identified in the census. 
And then I did it again in 2018. And sure enough, there was three, 300 and something thousand still. And yet our population had grown by 2 million. So that just, that just hit me like a, like a train. It was like, wow, you know, we, we're, we're really dealing with, with what we used to call, you know, unreached people groups when we looked outside of New Zealand. But now we've got this huge percentage of our population that has no real connection or real meaningful connection um, with uh, the faith of, you know, perhaps their grandparents. But it's, yeah, it's just this this daunting um, gap, I guess. So we're, we're sliding backwards um, as a church in a numerical sense, and yet the population has has grown and, and obviously become more and more detached. So those identifying as um, Christian, uh, which obviously used to be very high, whether that was real followers of disciples of Jesus is another thing, but, but you know, it used to be considerably uh, well into the, I think even the 80s, possibly the 90s, if you go back far enough, you know, now it's down at about 38% of some kind of identification and and obviously that wouldn't mean what we would consider, um, you know, followers of Jesus that are connecting with Him and others and the Word. So yeah, that's the that's the challenge. And so getting into that space, prayer has been the key. Um, we again, it's just been God's timing. Um, just like we came back to New Zealand about the same time, we've had a wonderful couple, Keith and Joy, come back from Thailand, and Colleen came back from. Uh, Asia, and um, you heard on a podcast a couple of weeks back, Graham and Linda, who have been pastors here, but but passionate about the nations. Uh, Grant um, and Vicky, they came back and, and were, were crucial in this early stage of us forming and, and becoming team. Uh, we learned so much from those guys. So the team formation, you know, really was probably the easiest piece of the puzzle because we knew team was crucial and God just sovereignly you know, brought these amazing t- people back. So we formed team. We, we started to pray. We I had this, uh, I had this picture of, of triangles all over New Zealand and they were uh, teams of, of disciple makers. And, and so those triangles, you know, they multiplied and, and they supported each other. You know, there's this real strength, obviously engineering wise, there's real strength in the triangle. But the first triangle was the golden triangle of, of, of Auckland, Tauranga and Hamilton. So those were only about an hour and a half away from each other. And, and in that, those three regions is, is over half the population of New Zealand. So we really felt to focus on that and, yeah, so we've 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 seen those those um, small teams. We've started to do trainings. We've we've you know done lots of trainings, and some people have really captured it and have a go. And others are, are like, wow, this is amazing, but it, but it doesn't you know click or really go anywhere at this time. Lots of prayer, lots of prayer walking, prayer nights, um, building uh, and multiplying prayer. You know, you heard some of that from from Linda on that earlier podcast. That's been so. Uh, crucial and then for us just being in the harvest ourselves um trying to be real um doers and not just uh theory and trying to multiply something that we're not doing uh so that's been really crucial and we've seen a lot of as i say we haven't seen the 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 fruit and the discovery bible studies multiply and the people of peace and and traction that that again if you had said 2018 where will we be by 
uh, the end of 2022, uh, we would be further ahead. But perseverance, patience, and persistence, that's what God's just been speaking over and over and over. The um, analogies, obviously, from Scripture around the soil and the agricultural analogies of takes time. We've got to prepare the soil. We've got to we've got to water it. We've got to see some of those rocks taken out. We, we've got to see it saturated. We've got to see the seeds planted. So, uh, yeah, really encouraged by by the team and how everyone has kind of just kept kept going, kept being obedient, kept doing it, kept um, investing in others. Yeah, super encouraged about team. Yeah, so good, Roger. And you know, when we when we met, we were just so encouraged by meeting you. And I think um, when you you came to our house and said, "Hey, I, I want to be part of the team," I think uh, we 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 listened and we celebrated. But you brought a whole pile of Whitaker's chocolate with you, and that kind of sealed the deal. Good New Zealand Whitaker's chocolate. <laughs> but you know, the the uh, focus on you know on New Zealand, which is a um, uh, rapidly um, declining environment as far as Christianity goes, and um, uh, which is we'd call that a post-Christian environment, along with Europe and Australia. But New Zealand is probably a bit further down that slippery slide than Australia even. And uh, I was talking to David Watson um, last week, and was, he he just started our conversation by saying the West is the hardest place to do movement. And we've got to see breakthrough in the West and we've got to hang in there even five, seven years or more just with real focus and with real asking the question, what's it going to take? What what are we going to do? And for, for David, who m- many of us will be aware of him, he was just saying, uh, you know, we learning disciple-making movements is not a static thing where you just learn a theory and you've got it. You've got to be able to apply, adapt, and and learn the lessons within the context. There's also spiritual hunger that has to emerge in our environment that we've got to tap into or understand. And um, this is this, these are some of our real challenges as we face the um, Western concepts. But um, uh, yeah, like you, I'm just so encouraged as I look at what God is doing around you, the people he's calling to you, the, the great stories that are coming from the harvest as you engage with different ones and, and uh, multiply workers and, and stuff for the harvest. Tell us um, some of the the lessons that you feel like God has just really poured into you in this season um, of focusing there in New Zealand. What are some of the, the, the rocks that are that are just kind of foundation stones for you to move forward on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. Uh, I think as I, as I just shared before, I think, I think patience, uh, being able to persevere. And I remember um, walking down a corridor in a, in a, senior, a senior leader in the church uh, here in New Zealand was, was passing me. Lovely guy, a lot of respect. And, and, and as he passed, he, his, his greeting was, you know, are you winning? And I, and I can't remember what I answered, but, but as I reflected on it, you know, I, I was thinking, well, what does that mean? You know, are you winning? And I just thought, you know, it, it's, it's about being obedient to Jesus and what he's called us to do today, uh, this week, this month. You know, it, 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 it can't be based on 
uh, outcomes that, that we, you know, try to manufacture or, or set ourselves. We, we've got to hear from God. And, and I think that's been the, the, probably the biggest rock of, of, you know, all through the years, but, but I guess it's just getting more and more honed is, okay, in my life and, and, and with, with my family and with the team of people that God's called me to work with and serve with, are we being obedient to what Jesus has called us to do and, and hearing from him together, you know, both in that general sense of what has God said in his word that we're all to be about? What has he said that we're to be about as his followers, as the church? But specifically, how does that look in my street? How does that look in my neighborhood at that university 800 meters up the road with my mates with my neighbor and and so yeah that that uh, specific obedience and and hearing from god together as a team has been just so so significant and and being on that same page because when you hear from god together then then you own it together and it's and it's not the vision that the leader gets or yeah going up the mountain and coming back and and sharing the vision and then trying to get people to to run with my vision but it but it's yeah hearing from God together and yeah the level of of ownership that we have is is yeah really remarkable so i think yeah owning the vision together hearing from God together it gives you that key of of being able to hang in there when you're not seeing the fruit that you'd like to see today or the fruit that you'd like to see tomorrow um another Big, big rock for us has been just that Jesus uses ordinary people, you know, the, the priesthood of all believers. And it's a phrase you've you've used, Dave, um, and I remember it back a few years ago, a few times, and I was like, yep, everyone gets to play. And just that, yeah, the, that's the, that's the uh, Dave translation of, I think, you know, the priesthood of all believers. Um, yeah, and then another one is, is really seeking God for the specific heart and vision for the nation, the region, the city, the town, the village, you know, whatever that is, breaking it down and, and really, you know, knowing that as you seek him, as you seek him as a team, he will speak specific words for specific places. Um, so, you know, we've lately we've just been blown away by a small town called Huntley. You know, it's it's known um, unfortunately, there's a website that votes, and it's a terrible thing, but it votes, you know, the worst place to live in New Zealand. And unfortunately, it, it's it's one that uh, a couple but of I times. I don't think it actually but, uses that language, right, Rog? But you don't yeah, want to know the uses, language. Yeah, oh, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you have to give me a beep, beep, beep. The, the itiest um, place. Yes. <laughs> Yes, place to live. And so, again, one of the things as a team, a local team, we felt to go to our, all the towns in our region and pray and just, just cry out to God for harvest, hear what he was saying and, and just do that as a, as a step of obedience for, for what we believed. You know, he's wanting to see disciples multiply in all these towns. And so we'd, we'd probably covered maybe 70% of the towns across our region and this town uh, was one of the last. And, and, you know, we weren't apprehensive going there in the sense of for our safety, but we're, we knew its reputation and we thought, oh, I wonder what this is going to be like. And so we went and we have never had such a welcome. It was like the, the you know, the red carpet had been rolled out. Uh, we didn't go with any strategy apart from 
pray, walk, hear from God, talk to anyone that that um, we might bang into, that, that God might be leading us to. But prayer and hearing from him was the was the thing we were doing. And in all the towns we'd been, we'd had some great times. We'd heard from God. We'd met some interesting people and talked with people. And it was, it was really, had been really, really good. But this time, remarkable. These people, we, we, the first lady we spoke to was cleaning an ATM machine because, you know, still in that COVID uh, era of keeping things uh, clean. So she told us her passion for the town, for the kindy that her kids go to and why she travels to just to be in Huntley and they'd shifted out, but they still come in because they just love this town. And, and then we met a lady who has a business in town and she was sharing about her heart for the town and her relationship with some of the guys that tag and the gangs. And, and yeah, she actually has a, has a heart for the ladies who have been on P and can't get work, and she wants to, uh, well, she does, she, she takes him down to the local uh, government office where you can get some assistance, and she she goes in to bat for them and advocates for them so they can get some money to, to get their teeth done so they, they can be employable. And then she shared about uh, part of her dream is to have a tattoo removal service because a lot of these ladies are, as she puts it, wearing the, their pain on their face because of the, the tattoos are from the past, from some of them very, very hurtful um, and inappropriate things. And so she's just got this passion to be serving people. Now, she doesn't know Jesus. She's uh, grew up in a, in a Catholic um, school, and she, she's got a bit of understanding, but she was put off by religion and, and saw a lot of hypocrisy. So she's nowhere near what we would call walking with Jesus or church or anything else, but she she carries this burden for her town. She has these amazing relationships. So we've been back and we've been talking with her and and um, every time we go, God leads us to one person who is like that, who just pours out their heart. We just listen. And as I say, this doesn't happen in every town we've been to, but something's up in this town. And so we go and we listen and we hear their stories and we uh, he's led us to prison wardens who's a black belt in karate, who's got this amazing life story and he's just passionate about um seeing guys not reoffend and how these guys don't come back into his prison and he's 75 and he's still working uh, a maori guy who we met another time is just passionate about seeing his people restored and and uh he just shared the history of of the the um, maori wars and the, the the wars that went on between the uh my ancestors and his ancestors and and again it was like 45 minutes of just listening and him pouring out his heart and so we're just like wow god what are you doing in this town and how do we how do we be a part of it before we went one of the words was the the treasures were were not buried deep and we had no idea what what that really meant but now we've seen it it's remarkable so the next step god uh, who of these people might be uh, personal people of peace. How do we see these uh, discovery groups start? How do we see um, prayer multiplied to saturate this town? Um, yeah, so that's that's an example of, of seeking God specifically and then trying to catch up and be obedient with what he's doing. Um, yeah, so, so so getting that word of God as a team, owning it as a team. Uh, and, and we just, yeah, we just believe that, that there will be simple reproducible churches, you know, forming anywhere and everywhere. You know, that's God's heart. And, uh, yeah, there's some battles to be won. Some prayer needs still to be multiplied. Um, 
but we're, we're starting to see some cool things. We're starting to see um, some things in the harvest, some, some things start to multiply, some discovery uh, groups start to multiply and people start to experiment. So, yeah, it's encouraging. So, Rog, we've really enjoyed just hearing the story from you as a, as a young man being called by God and the experiences you've had and then jumping back into New Zealand and finding the, the hard mission field of New Zealand, um, which is, I guess, in a lot of ways, a lot like the hard mission field you encountered in Japan um, way back in the, in the early days. Um, but the, the lessons you've learning of with starting with a team and God using ordinary people and um, just uh, the prayer strategy and jumping into places like Huntley. Awesome stories just coming out of there. I just wonder if you'd just um, finish us off today uh, with, a, with a word of encouragement um, for those who are listening. Yeah, so I think probably Galatians 6, nine sums it up. Let us not grow weary of doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So I think that's been the, the encouragement of, of uh, Holy Spirit through my life. The encouragement of others to me through my life is we actually just got to keep doing the stuff and keep going. And uh, Philippians, again, says it in a, in a similar but different way in, in Philippians 3.14. I press on towards the goal to win the prize of God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. I just think you know, this is just a whisper of time. This is just such a brief, brief moment. And we just need to see it like that and go, hold on, this is about eternity. And we're not going to um, get there and be disappointed if we continue to press into God, press in with others and not grow weary. So... Yeah, for anyone who's feeling weary, it is hard. Sometimes we get against the wall. But, um, yeah, let's keep going. Let's press on.